0: You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 86. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Klar. You have reached another Local Maximum. We are here in episode 86 already, and of course, joined by my co-host, Aaron. Aaron, how are you
1: doing today? Good. Uh, pleasure to be here as always.
0: Yeah, man! what a crazy week, and we have a lot of stuff, well, we have a lot of uh, backlog to talk about first. We, have a, we haven't had you on in a few episodes, and we have some interesting episodes to talk about. Um, later on today, we're going to talk about the, the rise of sound, you know, Amazon getting into Alexa, uh, or getting Alexa into wearables. Let's see, man, I, what a day, earlier today, I had on the show, the president of Liberland, which is a well, I, I would call it a micro nation, but I know that they take issue with that term because they say, well, you know all these people around the world, these million people signed up uh, for to be citizens of Liberland. so you can't call us micro, but <laughs> physically it's pretty tiny uh, it's a pretty tiny piece of land that was unclaimed and so um, he declared uh, this would be V. Uh, uh, Yelichka, yeah, uh, he declared uh, the, that piece of land between Serbia and Croatia a sovereign territory. And so, I thought it was just some guy who was coming into my office to talk <laughs> about this project. No, he brought in like eight people as an entourage. Like the whole cabinet came in for this uh, sovereign nation. So I was, uh, I was very impressed. Um, and uh, I couldn't be as conspicuous in the office as I usually was, but uh, that's all right. Well, I get I, I
1: uh, to hear the, the audio from that interview. I'm looking forward to it. But, no, uh, no, it's just recorded. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to, to hear. Well, I, I'm sure they have a very strong opinion on it, but, but like you said, traditionally, you know, nationhood has been very much tied to geography. Uh, but as, 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 we are, uh, kind of evolving here, uh, membership in a nation, in a nation, na- nationality is less of a, a question of where you were born and more perhaps a question of certain, uh, beliefs and ideals and whether you voluntarily subscribe to them or not. And so, yeah, they, their, their status as being micro or not might have less to do with their, their, uh, geographic footprint and more with, with other aspects of their,
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We cover that and it's, and it's going to be a few weeks because I have actually, I've been, I've been good here. I've, I've actually (laughs) gotten a nice backlog. So you guys will be teasing the Libra land episode a little bit, but, uh, if you want to catch it, make sure to subscribe to the local maximum on your podcast. Um, all right, a few things we got to go back to in the past. Last week's episode, uh, I talked to Anthony Aguirre about Metaculus, the prediction engine, and Aaron. I believe that uh, you listened to that episode and you were inspired to make some predictions on Metaculus. I, I, I did right?
1: indeed. I, I I signed up, uh, created an account, went through the the tutorial, and man, I'll I'll tell you the, uh, I, I think it's the second tutorial is is uh, about calibration, and I actually
0: did not even. Watch the tutorial, so you are ahead of me. Oh, it's it's. I just it's, jumped
1: in. It's a uh, kind of a guided experience. Uh, okay, it, it was it was humbling because I, I I thought I would be able to do at least decently, and I ended with a, a large number of negative points. Um, wait, how how did your predictions?
0: You you made predictions, and then that it actually happens. You didn't have to wait.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it it asks you a bunch of a bunch of questions, and you you dial in your. Your certainty oh, and uh, or, or, or the this. percentage output, and and it doesn't. Yeah. I don't think it counts for anything in in the long run, other than you get 10, uh, 10 tachyons for completing it. Um, yeah, but uh, it, 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 I think it's it's designed to both make you more familiar with how to use the the various sliders to lock in your predictions, and also to get a little perspective on how on point or way off base you are.
0: Okay. Okay, so no one cares about the tutorials. Tell us what you what you put in there. <laughs> so, yeah. so, oh wait, wait—the wait. The things mention, that, that I actually
1: just, made predictions yeah. on.
0: Yeah, it's funny that uh, they mentioned tachyons because this shows Anthony's physics background. A tachyon is a theoretical particle that travels from the future to the past. So, because it travels faster than the speed of light, um, so that uh, that's appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> and the only reason why I know this is because. I think I used to uh, play video games. What was it? Uh, Master of Orion, where if you get the tachyon drive. You're going really fast, like faster oh, than I, light. Oh, I forgot that that's was that. even
1: there. I, I know there were yeah. some, some uh, middle grade science fiction stories that I read that involved tachyons. But uh, that that was, I, I think they were kind Anytime. of using it as the equivalent of on, uh, on Star Trek when they say, oh, reverse the polarity. It's, it's just yeah. a phrase we say for something that's going to fix the problem we have to solve.
0: Yeah, but so tachyon has become like the uh, the thing for time travel, even though such a particle has not been um, confirmed to exist, and I don't even know if it's if physicists like believe they exist. Like well, there was that particle recently, the hadron. No, no, not the hadron collider. The um, that, that's the thing that found it. The um, what was it? It was called like the God particle. Oh, the the Higgs boson. Right, Higgs boson. Um, Higgs boson was was. Not confirmed, but it was suspected to be there, and then they found it. Whereas the tachyon, I'm not sure it's actually suspected to be there, but it's just theoretical. Um, anyway, <laughs> this is my <laughs> my view of physics might not be as informed as my views on other things. So let's move on. Tell me your predictions.
1: Uh, so let's see. the There, there are a couple of political ones in there, which uh, we've, we've all heard more than enough of that in the news this week. So I'm not going to touch on those. Um, okay. But uh, one one that I did place a prediction on was uh, what percentage of Americans will be able to cover an unexpected four hundred dollar expense without selling something or borrowing money in twenty twenty, uh, and apparently this is a question that has been on a on a survey for uh, almost a decade now that they've been running. Mm. Uh, so there's there's a, a fair bit of historical information there, uh, and uh, based on that, I I put in a prediction that it's going to fall between. Uh, what did I say? 57 and 66 percent. Uh, and Wait a
0: minute. Wait a minute. 50, 60 percent. What's the number currently at?
1: So... Uh I am going to have to peek into the comments here which uh always read the comments because the people discussing it probably know more than you do about what's going on. Yeah. Um this is
0: one of the few areas where read the comments is a good idea.
1: At <laughs> at least for now. Who, who knows once once our listeners get on there, but yeah,
0: that's true.
1: Uh someone in the comments mentioned that uh, the 2018 figure was released in May of this year and it was
0: 61%. Okay, 61% of people can't handle no, how
1: much uh no, sixty-one percent will be able to handle it. So forty. Uh, so thirty-nine percent were unable to handle a four hundred dollar expense without either selling something or borrowing money.
0: My God, uh, that's but, um, but
1: but the upside is that this has basically been in, since since they started asking the question, it's been an, in, an improving trend starting in the, I think the mid fifties and crawling upwards continuously since then.
0: So at least it's getting better. Um, does this include like children or is it? Just- uh, it's
1: it's people surveyed. I did not go into the detail of the. Well, so it's 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 coming out so of people, the, the survey yeah. of household economics and decision making. So about, I, I assume people, this is this yeah. is heads of household.
0: That's a lot of people paying going paycheck to paycheck if they can't afford a four hundred dollar. I mean, I guess selling something. I mean, that could mean. yeah. Well, and, and, that, and it's, it's could-
1: also self-reported. So, yeah, uh, depending on on your understanding of the question. I I wouldn't take it as as gospel, but
0: so, so do you want that to increase or do you think that it's going to fall?
1: So I I mean I'm, you want it to increase. I'm but, expecting but an think. increase but with okay. with a my my yeah, so I I'm, I'm my median was at 62% uh which is a slight increase from what it's at now. Uh yeah. but but with the uh the 50% interval being from 57 to 66.
0: Okay, so you have a pretty wide interval there. Yeah, which uh,
1: which puts me uh, a little bit above the median of what's currently being predicted. It looks like the metaculus, uh, or the the median prediction right now is is coming in right around fifty nine.
0: So they're a little uh, more pessimistic. Yeah. They probably think there's going to be a recession. Uh, could be, but yeah, we'll see. I don't know if those actually affected historically. Well,
1: and and because uh, it's it's self reported, this isn't you know, it's not directly coupled to. Oh, the, the economy grew by two percent this quarter. Uh, it's it has more to do with how the uh, the people being surveyed perceive that.
0: Right, right. So, okay, yeah. So, uh, tell us what else.
1: Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, will the Mars twenty twenty helicopter fly? Uh, so, there's uh, a, a a robotic mission to Mars which involves a uh, a little helicopter, which uh, they they did some test flights in a in a I think in a vacuum chamber. Uh, on Earth, but but nothing has ever flown. At least, no rotorcraft has ever flown in the Martian atmosphere. So, uh, it's an open question of whether it will work when it gets there.
0: Hmm. All right, so we'll see. Uh, when do we find out on that?
1: Uh, let's see. So, I think they put the the window on that that it has to f- fly successfully by the end of 2020. Um, so, on Mars. On Mars, which. Uh, I, I believe the the mission profile would take it there at some point in the second half of 2020 uh, but they're giving it some time once once the the vehicle lands before they they cut that off. oh excuse me okay no it the landing is in 2020 uh, it has to resolve by 2022.
0: Oh okay okay I see. So I learned that you can actually change your prediction midstream and the way they prevent people from changing their prediction, right before, you know, just to get it right once they have enough information, is there's like a closing gate. So for example, I was a little concerned about my Brexit prediction on whether it will happen October 31st. I said 60%. And then after it was clear, it looks like, well, they're not going to hold another election. I'm like, "Ah, I'm not really so sure. Uh, Well, it turns out that I have until the end of the month to update that uh, prediction. So I might reassess in a few days. I I,
1: I think by the time this episode airs, it, it looks like it will have already closed. But yeah. but at this moment, you have uh, four days and three hours.
0: <laughs> it probably... I probably won't veer too far from 50%, so uh, <laughs> we'll see, uh, unless some big news comes out. Well, the, uh, the
1: other neat thing, and I don't have as, as clear a grasp on how they do the math behind this is, yeah. but uh, I believe... So there's a point system. Um, so the, the more extreme your... Your, or I guess, the higher your level of certainty, the more points you get for it being right, and the more points you lose for it being wrong. Uh, yeah. But but also how early you lock in that prediction affects what the point payouts are. So if you oh. if you made your prediction very early and stuck to it, uh, so maybe I, think I that should has, stick to. It. Well, you, you should be able to see when you move around the slider uh, whether how how much the the payouts are changing based on that versus what you already have locked in. Yeah. So all right, Maybe so there I is, there's there's some it. some point of diminishing return that is the additional information you have your your increased precision in your or increased accuracy and precision in your prediction uh, sufficient to warrant an update.
0: So are, were you positive or negative on the Mars flyer?
1: Uh, I was po- let me see here. Just make sure I'm I'm quoting this right. Uh, I am positive and it looks like I put it at 75% Pretty good. Uh, While well, yeah, the community these... has it at sixty-eight, so so everyone's okay. generally positive. I'm a little more positive than the community.
0: Were you? Was there anything where you were very different from the community?
1: Um, I think I'm probably sitting in about the same place that you initially were on Brexit, which which puts yeah, which puts us kind of flipped uh, diametrically from the consensus. Yeah, um, I don't know. The
0: British politics is confusing. I don't really understand what's going on over yeah, there. Yeah,
1: ev- everything else that I've I've put a prediction in on, I am fairly close to uh, to the consensus, maybe a little bit more extreme, uh, but but not generally opposed.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's go on to some of the other uh, past episodes that we've had. I want to talk about so the Bitcoin energy episode. That got a lot of talk back on Reddit because I posted it on Reddit, which is great. A lot of people listened to it, and a lot of people were very receptive to it, one person pointed out that, hey, you know uh, the rewards that miners get uh, from from mining bitcoin is also in the transaction fees, so if those go up that 's going to be um, th- you know th- they 're going to expend energy on that too. I think that 's a good point i don 't think that it 's significant um, and then the other one that was just so puzzling to me was someone 's like you shouldn 't even be talking about that. You should just make the moral argument that people should be allowed to Spend as much of their energy on Bitcoin as they want, and if you make the uh, economic argument, then you're already losing. And I just don't get that at all. I, I mean, I just it, it it's not like the d- disagreed mean, this, with me. This
1: gets into the the problem of of uh, what is it e- economics and sociology, and that uh, economics is largely based on the the concept that that man is a, a rational actor, but but we know that. Man is not, and so in in a, in a simple logical world, the the economic argument would drive action. But we know that that's that's not going to purely. I'm just drive
0: on the I don't even. I'm just on this podcast talking about interesting stuff. Okay, I don't care <laughs> about which. Ar- and if I have a good argument to make, I'm going to make that argument. Yeah. I don't really. And people shouldn't complain if they agree with me, but I didn't use the exact argument that they wanted. I mean,
1: well, I, I, I can understand some philosophical purists saying that, that this this convincing people that this fear about energy is uh, isn't a problem is beside the point that it should be about this other aspect. And and they're they're entitled to that opinion. But that doesn't make anything you said truly irrelevant. I mean, if, if people are concerned about this, then we need to be. Uh, you know, thinking through the the repercussions there, and and I think you made a pretty convincing argument that this isn't yeah. going to be the end of the world.
0: I, I was so I I was so flabbergasted by that Reddit comment that I missed my subway stop and I had to turn around <laughs> uh, I, I wasted many minutes. Well, um, you know, with, okay. with
1: allies like this, the, you don't need enemies. That that yeah, the, the thing we do best <laughs> is eat our own.
0: Right, right. Okay, so uh, the last one was. How did you did you watch you? I listened to the physics one. Right? Yes, With, I did. Uh, Anthony, before that, uh, I really thought that was interesting. Um, I uh, it's a it's very different from what we usually talk about here on the local maximum.
1: Yeah, it, it's 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 a little bit outside of our comfort zone uh, to to get in kind of the the theoretical physics, the the underlying laws of the universe. But it, it reminded me of some of the things that we talked about. Uh, Way back in the day, in uh, yeah. uh, in high school, uh, which it, it it wasn't quite the uh, you know the the stoner talk of, of uh, prototypical college It's like, oh man, imagine we- if we're just a tiny speck of dust. But <laughs> but but there's there no, was an uh, element of that. It was we like, knew each what? other
0: in, in high school, but uh, the listeners may guess <laughs> may not guess that uh, we actually were not uh, stoners in high school.
1: <laughs> But but yeah, there there was some some fundamental aspects of the universe and how do things really work that we were talking about way back then that uh, have have not been ruled completely uh, irrational in, in yeah. the intervening time. So that no, that was I... kind of neat to hear that we we weren't totally off base and you know none of the questions have been been solved so to speak, but we were asking the kind of questions that people who actually know what they're talking about are still asking. So, yeah, so that yeah. made me feel well, smart. I, I don't know about yes. you. Yes,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's hard to, um, it, it's especially when we were in high school. The information was not that easy to come by, and also we didn't know enough to to come by it. Um, well, right yeah, because we're
1: one of the generation that uh, I, I don't think yeah. Wikipedia existed. When yeah, we were it, in did. High it did, but yeah, but I still went to the library and looked things up in like. Uh, Uh, Encyclopedia Britannica on CDs, not even necessarily the website. (laughs)
0: Uh, Sure, but it was, um, uh, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get into the news story of today. Uh, So we have some follow-ups, news stories. Amazon extends Alexa into wearables. We're going to start with that. Uh, The company unveiled at a press event Wednesday more than a dozen new devices, such as a high-end speaker, a malfunctioning oven <laughs> no, just kidding I me mean, none of us could read that correctly it was a multi-function oven that can doubles a microwave and air fryer and motion sensor with virtual with the virtual assistant built into all of them in other words siri and alexa and cortana and all of these uh voice activated we, we really should have given a trigger warning everything. at
1: the beginning of this episode to turn off yeah, all yeah. of your assistant devices oh, yeah
0: i triggered everybody's in the audience's uh uh, devices. Um, so now they are launching something called Echo Buds to compete with Apple's AirPods, the uh, famous... I, I know you uh, just said Echo Buds, can, but, yeah.
1: but uh, in our show notes here, you wrote Echo Bugs, which oh, I, I feel like is another...
0: Uh... <laughs> yeah, <I'll> correct that. <laughs> um, that, that, uh, that would be a good product name. Echo <laughs> Bugs. Um, that... <laughs> actually that's it's a real
1: earworm stuff.
0: yeah i mean i also think of like bugging your apartment like it's very um that's probably more what i was thinking there like um it's, it's just they're listening it's a bit of a, a freudian uh, slip there yeah it's exactly that um can you do a freudian uh, uh can you do a freudian slip in in text is that possible
1: i, I don't Ooh, know if it's freudian speech. but but close enough okay.
0: All right. So they also announced the Echo Frames, which are glasses. But guess what? It's not Google Glasses. I, I, if you remember the Google Glass that came out in 2013, which is kind of a, uh, a demo product, um, that was when the glasses actually overlaid stuff. So you actually saw visual stuff. No, these are regular glasses, but there's a little earpiece in them. And guess what you get in the earpiece? Amazon Alexa Echo. No, I, I didn't so. read carefully <laughs> on
1: that part. Is Is it a pair of glasses with with actual earbuds built in, or does it do something with the like the the conductive audio through the bones thing? Because I've I've seen you you occasionally see glasses with like ear uh, headphones built into them, and they they look kind of dorky. I mean, probably not any dorkier than the Google Glass did. Uh, Right. But but it would be a lot slicker if if they looked uh, you know indiscernible from a regular pair of glasses.
0: Yep. Okay, so they want them in your ears. If you need glasses, they want them on your glasses. Um, They want them in your cars. Here's a quote. We envision a world where Alexa will be ambient. We believe in not having broken experiences. Miriam Daniel, vice president of Alexa and Echo Devices, which to me means we want to listen to you everywhere.
1: Well, okay, so it it seems ominous, but you have to keep in mind they're playing catch up here because... Their their major competition is uh, the Google Assistant and Apple Siri, which have a huge uh, quote unquote ambient install base because they're on everybody's mobile phones that go with right. you everywhere. And but
0: Alexa's ahead in the home device. They really the home run with they, that.
1: They they made huge inroads there, uh, but it's unclear whether they will continue to dominate that market because there's. A, uh, until now, uh, it was limited how you could take that with you wherever you were going so if you right. wanted a solution that that linked up with your phone and your car uh, it was a lot easier to do that with one of the two other major players
0: all right so it's clear to me that we are that the industry is going through um, another um, another phase where chatbots were all the rage in 2016, 2017. And now it looks like everybody is interested in audio, which is, which, uh, is kind of cool with, uh, respect to this podcast type thing, podcasting, uh, medium. Um, so yeah, there has been a lot of focus on the sounds over the last few, uh, years. And we could sh- we can talk about why that is. We can talk about AirPods and Sonos and, uh, and Alexa. Um, yeah, you wrote here, are we retreating further into our bubble? Uh, what do you think about that?
1: Uh, I, I think this is made a, a lot more viable by the fact that people go around with earbuds in more than they did five, ten years ago. And, and so Oh, yeah. Put, putting, and the people around me have no idea. It's so much easier now.
0: People have, um, around me have no idea what I'm listening to. I could be listening to something that they totally don't approve of. I could be listening to something that they're interested in. Uh, they, uh, People might have a different opinion of me if they knew well, what I was listening to. I don't <laughs> and, know.
1: And we've made a weird transition from, uh, you know, maybe not five years ago, but certainly 10 years ago. Uh, there were two types of people that talked to themselves walking down the street. It was crazy people and it was, uh, you know, kind of your, your typical finance bro guy who was talking on his his uh, Bluetooth, his Bluetooth yeah. headpiece because th- that was not something that was ubiquitous. Uh, we've, we've moved now to where you're a weirdo if you're talking on your phone without using some sort of wireless headset.
0: Oh, yeah. If you hold up to, the, to my ear like I have to yeah, do. Yeah, who does yeah. that anymore? Yeah, because I was an idiot and I didn't charge my headphones last night.
1: Well, that's that's another thing is uh, is the charging aspect of this. I, well, I, I guess some of the pods they have uh, charging cases, but I'm waiting for yeah. when all of these go to to completely wireless charging.
0: Yeah. So I mean, it, it's not like you have to charge it every night; like it, it lasts a long time. But still, like sometimes I, oh, they run although, out of battery, and then I'm so annoyed because it. I have to put the phone up to my up to my face. It's like, what is this?
1: It depends on much you're using it, though, because if, if, yeah. if you move to, you know, 12 hours a day, you're going to be talking to your assistant or listening to yeah. music or on the phone. Th- then you're going to start burning through those a lot faster.
0: Yep. Yep. All right. So uh, I want to talk about uh, what the I want uh, for a thought question here. I want to think about what is the relationship between this focus on sound and and the idea of augmented reality. More specifically, is this a prologue, uh, a preliminary step towards augmented reality glasses? Like, hey, I'm going to hear things um, as I walk around town, as I walk around the city. I'm going to see overlays, and they're going to work together seamlessly. Or is this something that they're doing instead of augmented reality? Because tech companies maybe think now w- we tried augmented reality for a long time. We've wanted it to happen for a long time. It's too hard. First, we started with virtual reality. We said, well, that's too hard for now. That's way in the future. So let's back, back out to augmented reality. Now they're like, well, that's really hard. Uh, so why don't we just uh, back out now to sound? Um, and as. I mean, it, in a way, we-
1: sound, it, well, I guess depending on how you apply it, but sound. Could be considered augmented reality.
0: It is. It's one of the five senses, and it's probably and and the, you, you react quicker to sounds than you do to visuals. I know it's it's the TV in the center of the living room that everybody looks at, but actually the sound system makes a much bigger difference. I I'm making some um, I'm helping them at Foursquare make uh, make some uh, intro videos for like new employees and. We're trying to get the sound right. And the reason why i 'm helping this out, helping uh, helping to do this is because of my podcasting background trying to get a good sound right. I know if there's muffled sound, then people aren't really going to be able to pay attention as well to the um, to the demos
1: yeah mo- most people won't be able to tell you when something has good sound, but they can certainly tell you when it has bad sound
0: right right and um, bad visuals is disappointing but Bad sounds could really ruin your experience because then you can really not tell what's going on.
1: I, I'm a little um, spoiled on that front uh, because ever since we had our first child in the house, uh, I turned on closed captions on the TV and have never turned yeah. it off because with with either a sleeping or a screaming baby, uh, my ability to actually listen to what's going on on the television and follow it has dropped to zero.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know it's
1: now unfortunately real life usually doesn't have closed captions. There are definitely some times when I'm in a meeting, uh, and that would prove helpful.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe that could be the first augmented reality, uh, application that goes mainstream is just a guess closed captioning. (laughs) I,
1: I know they have, they have, uh, automated closed captioning on, on YouTube now, um, yeah, I wonder how and some of our how much that. of that is dynamic and how much is it, it goes and, and processes it and then stores it in there.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I think it stores it. So yeah, because our so videos it, get uploaded so, and then they.
1: So it would be much a much more difficult problem to solve to have it do it live on the fly.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I think it can be done.
1: i I've always um, thought that. Um, I said I didn't want to touch on politics, but I'll, I'll, I'll mention this one tangential thing that I did watch the, the most a few minutes of the most recent uh, primary debate. Uh, and it, it's always amusing to watch the live closed captioning on that because it, it, it's it's a live event. There's no way they can view it beforehand and, and get it all out and edit it and make sure that it's correct. So not only is there a lag uh, but there there are inevitably errors. And, and sometimes, depending on the system they're using, you can actually see them write in a caption and then delete something and fix it. Yeah. And that's, that's <laughs> kind of fun to watch for. That's
0: interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, this whole discussion reminds me of the Silicon Valley uh, scene in the TV show where, uh, you know, he's trying to get like a, a virtual hologram of himself, like the, the head of Google or whatever, the Google equivalent. The, the, the Hooli. Show. Yeah, yeah, And he's a hologram, and then it stops working, and then he's just a video, and then that stops working. And then they're like, well, you could just talk for sound. Sound works. And then he gives his, like, um, what did he say? I have the quote here. I'm going to have to censor myself. But it's, um, oh, yeah, audio worked 100 effing years ago. That was his, uh, (laughs) uh, um, you know, so, yes, it's an old technology, but still very important and probably... Uh, One of the best ways we have of getting information across when it comes down to it. I mean, the only problem is, is that it's not, it's fleeting, right? You hear something like you hear what I'm saying right now. But then, if you need to hear it again, you can't just keep looking at it like you can with visualizations, you have to sort of ask me to
1: tell you it's always hard to to like if, if you're reading a book and you want to go back and find a particular passage that's tricky but it's yeah so much easier to do that than it is if you listen to the audiobook to try and go back and find oh. that particular audio passage yeah yeah and and, right. and granted Good point uh Kindle and audible and and whatever services uh, are are dominating the audiobook market now are are I'm sure they're improving the searchability of of those those products but it's it's a much more difficult problem from a user interface perspective at a minimum.
0: Yeah. So I have exclusive, not exclusive tickets. What, what's the word when something is very hard to get? Um, I have tickets to a conference tomorrow that I'm going. I'm, I'm doing it for work. It's the Betaworks Hearing Voices uh, conference or meetup. And so actually, Foursquare is going to be presenting some demos there. Um, And not only that, but uh, Dennis Crowley, who we last spoke to in episode 64, will be presenting a new product that Foursquare is working on. It is in the audio space, and it's essentially what I've been working on with him and some iOS engineers uh, since I returned to Foursquare back in July.
1: Now, now this is tomorrow for us, but it will be... Uh, in the past for our listeners correct right right so this is going to be
0: september 27th twenty nineteen. Okay.
1: so so there's not an embargo on anything that that's going to be presented that you can't talk about until tomorrow i guess especially considering no. that this won't release until after the the conference
0: yeah yeah um yeah, but I don't, I don't know if the – is the conference public? I guess it's public, but I don't know how much detail I want to get into, but I can get into some. The conference is called Hearing Voices, hearingvoices.splashthat.com is where the thing is located. I searched for Hearing Voices, by the way, and then I got hearing-voices.org. Uh, that's something else. That's very, <laughs> for people who hear voices, see visions, or have other unusual perceptions. So that's not exactly.
1: Although that, that could be an interesting topic, but one I am yeah. I am not equipped to discuss today.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so first of all, Beta Works very interesting uh, that they're hosting this. Um, you know, they invested in Gimlet and Anchor, which are podcasts, which were the podcasting companies that were recently bought by Spotify, um, and they have some interesting things to say about it. On the site, Uh, they said the first wave of internet connected audio started with iPods and RSS feeds. That's way back in two thousand six or whatever, uh, or reached height in two thousand six. And people creating podcasts in their garages, essentially similar to what we're doing now, except I don't have a garage, so I'm sorry. I mean,
1: (laughs) well, I (laughs) I think. To, to talk about people podcasting in garage is a little bit dated uh, unless yeah. you're Mark Marin, that, that the real serious podcasters they do it in a closet because it has better audio quality.
0: Well, they're talking about um, uh, yeah, basically just trying to do but even if you're amateur yeah, you would do it in your closet. Uh, yes, yeah, so that doesn't make any sense. I <laughs> guess I could use the garage in this building downstairs. I don't it's not my garage. It's I just inquired it's $400 a month to park there but I guess I could go in, but I don't know why I would. It would be I mean, that's echo-y. that's probably
1: cheaper than cheaper than studio time, but um, I, I would imagine you'd get some interesting oh, acoustics down there. I-
0: yes, if you divided the four hundred <laughs> per month. For every hour, then yes, it's cheaper than studio time, but but, a single hour in studio time probably would not be that big a deal. Okay, second wave, smart speakers and connected cars increases the number of, none of this is very New York-centric, connected cars, what's that? Uh, Increased the number of opportunities for people to listen to internet-powered audio. Companies such as Gimlet and Anchor led the way to the second wave of podcasting, created excellent content, user experience, and infrastructure, uh, listeners, and creators. And we are now entering the—it's interesting that they skip a whole bunch of podcasts um, that are out there, um, like all the political ones is, are just not mentioned. That is very interesting to me. <laughs> okay, and third, we are now entering into the third wave of audio for podcasts. That means discovery and new monetization models. Beyond podcasts, there's also opportunity for audio-first utilities from synthesized voice to AirPod-first apps and more. The only thing in that third wave that speaks to me personally that I find meaning in is the AirPod-first app, because that's what we're building, an app, essentially an app for your ears, an app for your headphones. And we asked that question in Foursquare, what does that look like? And um, we are working on building one. I mean, we're not actually... Allowing people on it tomorrow. Tomorrow, we're just going to gather some emails and, um, put people at, uh, try to get people on the demo for it. But it's a, it's a sound based app. Um, you could probably guess it's based on Foursquare's location intelligence and recommendations and context. And, um, Essentially, we are going to be looking for testers. So if you're interested, localmaxradio.com or localmaxradio at gmail.com to email me on that. Do,
1: do you know when the, uh, the uh, beta testing or, or whatever phase the, the user testing is, is going to be opened up? Uh, well,
0: yeah, I mean, we are, and it's by invite only. I mean, right, you can right. ask ask for it, but it's not like we're not going to give it to yeah, everybody it's, who asks. It's asked. not an open public beta. Yeah, but... Um, Basically, it's when we get our act together. And given that I'm not working on it right now, but I'm podcasting instead, we're not getting any closer right now. So, <laughs> but uh, hopefully uh, after the uh, thing tomorrow, I will go back to work and uh, Okay, but, and but we should
1: expect to, to hear more about that certainly before the end of the year.
0: Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I wonder if the three waves of sounds that they put here where they're getting something. I feel like they're ignoring the explosion of ideas and niche interests and business models. Like if I could think of a simple one, uh, there's um, not, not a simple one, but if I could think of like the one that comes to mind is like Gas Digital here in uh, East Village, the yep. one that has, you know, Rob Bernstein. Or, well, actually, his podcast is not that, but uh, other ones, um, Michael Malice, etc. cetera. And um, some of them are ve- very comedian driven, very, uh, you know, um, very R rated. But it's like um,
1: there's a certain feel to it that reminds me of, a tech of company. The Sirius of and it. XM uh, yeah, when yeah, 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 satellite exactly. radio was new.
0: Exactly. And I feel like a lot of podcasters are doing something more like that. And that feels in some ways, it feels more real. And like the 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 tech company view feels a little different to me. Um, Almost sanitized, um, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, I guess. I think it has to do with the the revenue model that that if you if you're taking a technology approach, you 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 can't necessarily monetize the same way that some of the the more personality based podcasts can.
0: Well, they're personality based as well. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, even uh, I mean, I'm thinking like a kind of a, a midway, like NPR's podcasts. Those are pretty big. Mm. Um, I, even that is not sort of mentioned here, like. I guess they're talking about all the people creating excellent content and user experiences and infrastructure, but it's like that it doesn't capture the yeah. well, wide so, so, variety. So
1: NPR is a, an interesting case because there's a lot of NPR Podcast Fair that that is a direct outgrowth from their their terrestrial radio business, right. um, and and that would not exist without that. Then there's some yeah. stuff that 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 while it benefits from the NPR or well, maybe it's not NPR and specifically, but the the greater public radio infrastructure, uh, but it only lives in a podcast world. There's some podcasts that that are never broadcast uh, over the airwaves. Um, yeah. But the question is, would without the the kind of the mothership there to support that model, would they be able to launch on their own? In in a I don't know in a true you know. Uh, I I don't know how I feel about the the AirPod first terminology, but but yeah. in a world where well in where... a
0: scrappy scrappy startup like yeah. basically I am going to start from zero listeners like this podcast did and be native. I think the tech term is native.
1: Well, and 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 there are some that do the opposite that um, they start as as a, a a you know native to the podcast world and then they they make it big and they get brought on to traditional radio, uh, right? And and some survive that transition and some do not.
0: Yeah. All right. So this is a very interesting discussion. Any more, uh, if you have any, anything to add to this, uh, anything to add to this, basically, um, email us localmaxradio at gmail.com. This topic is obviously very um, close to me in every way when it comes to both podcasting and what I'm working on these days at Foursquare when it comes to audio apps Um, and the way we describe it, some people said this is creepy, but it's like an app that whispers into your ear and <laughs> gives you good information. But it's looking out for you. I mean, at least as, as long as I'm look, as long as I'm working on it.
1: Well, well it one be... thing that I, I will throw out before we move on to the next topic, um, yeah. and we, we kind of briefly discussed this in the pre-show, uh, is are, are any of these new uh, EarPod, AirPod, EchoBud devices are they completely Independent, um, or or uh, like a traditional Bluetooth, you know, head, headphones. Do they require you to be tied to uh, either uh, a computer or your your mobile phone, and yeah. all the heavy so, lifting or, is done on that device? And do, and I think do you, hmm? do you have any
0: of these? Do you have any of these? I have
1: dumb uh, Bluetooth headphones, so so nothing okay. with with fancy features built into it. Um, but, but because it pairs with my phone and I have an Android phone, I can do all of my Google assistant stuff with the, the Bluetooth headphones in, um, but, but is there a world where, where we can see them being separated from each other, much like we've seen, uh, the Apple watch grow from something that was basically, uh, tied directly to your phone and, and really required that for functionality to being a, a much more, maybe not a hundred percent, but much more independent device than it used to be.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's going in that direction, but not nearly there. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the it's, Apple, it's a much iPod, harder
1: problem to yeah. miniaturize that into some earbuds than it is to do yeah. it into a watch. The, uh, the
0: AirPods, I remember, Are they AirPods? Are they EarPods? The, the AirPods from Apple are, um, they do have sort of a... Uh, a a computer on board essentially um and they're very good at determining whether they're in your ear and when you take them out of your ear and when to connect to the phone so i remember when i had dumb bluetooth headphones they were such a pain to attach (laughs) to the phone and just solving that problem was a lot better but yeah no it still is like the one that foursquare works on we still have to make an iphone app that then tells says, okay, play something and it works if you have regular headphones yeah. too. Well and, and, and I think the
1: yeah. maybe it won't be the fourth wave, maybe it won't be until the fifth or the sixth wave, but but the big change will be when the the, the buds or pods or whatever almost become transparent. Not not in the to physical, due to, to visible light sense, but in that they go in your ear, and you no longer feel like you have something in your ear, and they have the ability to let through uh, ambient sound a hundred percent when it when it wants to, and to pipe in you know your your podcasts or or augmented reality sound when you want to, uh, and and it can do that in a smart fashion, and and so it's it, it would I'm envisioning something that could very much become. The audio version of Google Glass, but in a much better way than Google Glass pulled off the augmented reality visible version of it.
0: So it'll we'll all be bionic, basically. It will be uh, essentially. That's, that's where an we're extension. going. I mean, I, I guess the
1: the uh, the old school. I, I don't know if this it, it was the Bionic Man or some other. Uh, uh, what do they call it when uh, when you implant uh, devices in a human being? Um, it's not an android. I don't, um, uh, a, is it, is it augmented uh, humans? Uh, but, but but no, I think there's another,
0: there's, there's another term for it that I'm blanking on. It's like cyborgs, cyborgs, cyborgs. Yes. Yes.
1: Where, where you get a microphone implanted in a tooth and a speaker implanted in your ear and you don't need to carry a phone around anymore that, that I, I think we will be surprisingly closer to that, uh, in the future than, than the direction we've moved in now that, that, uh, We'll get there eventually, and it's it's going to be a lot more like that that weird, uh, you know, kind of cartoon comic image of of our youth than than what we have yeah. currently.
0: All right, so I just wanted to follow up on this a little bit uh, because now I did get a chance to go to the BetaWorks Hearing Voices conference. Dennis Crowley presented what we're working on at Foursquare, and he was on fire that day. People were coming up by the uh, sign up sheet and left and right for the new MarsBot, and that was amazing. I last spoke to Dennis on this show, episode 66, when I wasn't working at Foursquare, and to think I'd be here and working on this so quickly and getting this out there so quickly is actually uh, pretty amazing. I had no idea that I would be working on this, uh, so you probably can hear in the episode I was interested in it, but I didn't think I would actually go ahead and work on this uh, at least so soon. So uh, it, it's great how that worked out. I want to share a few things that I picked up during the day's presentation at BetaWorks. There's a lot of great buzz coming out of audio uh, for when it comes to consumer products. There were demos on mind reading and separating out speakers' voices. And for example, like if you're in a crowded room, you might want to lower everyone else's voice and just focus on the person that you're talking to. Really, really cool. Core tech, machine learning stuff. Uh, plus, there's a lot of consumer products and platforms for podcasts coming, and and they're being funded. Uh, so that's where, uh, that's where the industry is at right now. I still get the sense that when the tech industry people come together and they come out to think about podcasts, they're really thinking about a sanitized version of podcasts, sort of like, yeah, you have a bunch of choices, you can choose between NPR and the New York Times. And I know that Anchor wanted to bring, you know, podcasts to the people by the people. And I'm sure they, they got some really crazy niche stuff on their platform. But I find it interesting that they never emphasize what people are actually doing with it. They don't tell us about the craziest things that people are actually doing with it. Um, I can see it, I kind of draw a parallel on this between the same disconnect between the managers of YouTube and Facebook and the people actually using the platform. Um, That's something we have to watch out for in this industry a lot. It's like everyone wants to build the platform for outsiders, but they only have an insider's perspective on it. So uh, when I think about it, when I started The Local Maximum, when I started this podcast, uh, one of the things that I wanted to address or mine for content, if you want to look at it that way, is the fact that some of the engineers working on the coolest stuff they never publish and they never get spotlighted, uh, not to a general audience anyway. They might publish to a, a technical audience. So in some ways, they're outsiders, uh, even though you know software engineers are tech industry insiders in a lot of ways. But you know, podcasts that are specifically geared towards mainstream journalists and authors is um, there's going to be a lot of that. And that's fine, but some of the best stuff comes from non-traditional corners. I will link to my episode seventy of Local Maximum: Ode to the Potiverse to get more of my feelings on this, and also check out episode forty-six on the coming Audio Internet with Shani Offen of Spotify. I actually think there was another episode where Aaron and I went into uh, we went into business models of podcasts. I don't remember which one that was. Let me see if I can look that up. Duh, 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 duh. Content distribution in the 21st century. Yes, we did that one. That was episode 69. So check that one out as well. Finally, at Betaworks, I got to try out the new Bose glasses, Bose was sponsoring the event. I have I've long had Bose noise-canceling headphones, but I got them in 2015. They're really old now, but uh, I see no reason to getting new ones because they just came out with like a new $400 one. I'm like, whoa, I want to get that one. And then I'm like, do I really need it? I still have my old one. Why not? Uh, but Bose was sponsoring the event, and this confirmed it for me when I tried their product. Audio is augmented reality and it's meant to be augmented reality because I put on these glasses from Bose and I heard a band and the guy who was demoing it to me said, you know, turn around walk around the room, the drummer is over there the bass player, he's over there to your right, if you turn around you'll hear, it'll, it'll feel like you're spinning around in the middle of the band and I could walk around and I could turn my head to hear the band from different parts of the room, so I could imagine that one day playing really well with a visual augmented reality, but there are probably good applications for audio only as well. So, all right, next week, you're going to hear from Mark Ryan, an engineering leader at IBM to talk about deep learning, which is the latest in machine learning at AI, uh, and what this means uh, for you, whether you're an engineer or whether you're a regular uh, consumer, and about his new book, Uh, which you should check out, especially if you're a machine learning engineer. And then the week after that, Aaron and I discuss Occam's Razor, which is an important philosophical concept when it comes to machine intelligence, followed by the president of Liberland, the world's newest country. Uh, Finally, I learned at BetaWorks that the day this episode comes out, September 30th, 2019, is actually a holiday. Well, I already knew that it was a holiday. It's Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, and I'm all ready to celebrate that one. Uh, But the one I didn't know about, it's also International Podcast Day. Did you know this? Have you heard about International Podcast Day? I haven't heard about it. I'm surprised that I never heard of this. Uh, But apparently there is an International Podcast Day. I have to find out what you actually do for International Podcast Day. Uh, But at least I'm putting an episode out there on this day, which is this episode, and I'm mentioning it, so I feel like that's something. So enjoy the holidays. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review and search for The Local Maximum on social media. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. Remember to check out the website at localmaxradio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, or ask a question that I can answer on the show, send an email to localmaxradio at gmail.com. This show is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and more. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe to the Local Maximum on one of these platforms and to follow my Twitter account at MaxSklar. Have a great week.